Crimes from the East, your weekly dose of Desi True Crime. I'm your host, Pia, and with me is your friendly neighborhood true crime junkie, Alex. So, hi, Alex. I'm back. <laughs> You're back for the vengeance. Hi. I'm ready to murder the next case. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Oh, no. Definitely. Oh, no. <laughs> cut that. <laughs> I'll cut that out. We just did Hercules, so you better beware, Alex. Yeah, so before we start, I just wanted to address one thing. So a listener pointed out, a listener who I happen to be married to, pointed out that in our first episode, I start I start off with welcome back <laughs> to Crimes from the East. So he's like, how can you be welcoming people back if it's your first episode? And all I want to say is, this podcast is like the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. And you guys just never left. So you've always been here. So welcome back. Is this how you are introducing <laughs> today's subject? Yeah. That's yeah. What a what a wonderful segue, right? Because today, today we're discussing something off the beaten path, something esoteric something mysterious and mystic. It's not the usual case of like a straight up black and white true crime, you know, anywhere else in the world. This is something very... Very India. This is the most Indian style murder mystery, not really murder mystery, but this is the most Indian Mm -hmm. flavored murder story imaginable, I think. Something mysterious, mystic, arcane, and intrinsically very desi. And I feel like we're going to have to have a Bollywood corner uh-huh. about this mm-hmm. story because there's no way there isn't a Bollywood movie about this story. You betcha. And if all of you are wondering <laughs> what the hell we're even talking about, what are we alluding to? Let me release you from this <laughs> suspense. Today, we're going to talk about a curious case of reincarnation. The boy who remembered his own murder. Let's get into it. It was a hot April afternoon in 1987. 1987. Wow, I was like a little child back then. Were you even alive, Alex? Oh, hell no. Mm -mm. I'm a 90s baby. This is before your time. You know, back in the day. (laughs) But the 80s were alive. Yeah, 1987. What a year. (laughs) What a year. What a year. Wow. All that retro synth music just... Hell yes. Take me back. This is 1987 in India. Sadar Bazaar, a busy market, was teeming with rickshaws, scooters, cyclists, and people hurrying all along with their daily errands in the bustling city of Agra. An ancient city known all over the world for its impressive masterpiece of artisanry, the Taj Mahal. A mere three miles from this wonder of the world stood Suresh Radios right on the main street of Mall Road. Okay, small sidebar. Have you been to the Taj? I have. You have? Yes. Isn't it beautiful? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. I made a little girl's trip uh, back in the early 2000s with my friends to visit Agra. It really is a beautiful monument. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, we didn't really get out in the city and explore Agra at all because we were advised not to. (laughs) Okay, can I tell you my one memory besides the Taj Mahal is 
being in the streets with my mom and my dad walking down and some guy asked my dad, I'm not kidding, he asked my dad how many goats he would want in exchange for me. <laughs> what did your dad say? My dad said 100 goats. <laughs> Wow, Alex. I was like, what? Just 100? I am worth at least 300 goats. Girl, man. you're you'd have to be nobility for like 100 goats. So <laughs> That's a pretty good price, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my memory of Agra. Almost traded for a bunch of goats. Mm-hmm. Don't go back there because now it might be like one goat, okay? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm too old. You're too old now, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was at the fertile age of, like, 13 at that time. Mm. I wonder what my going rate in goats is today. <laughs> I don't think I'm even <laughs> worth one whole goat. Maybe, like, a leg. <laughs> like, one leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is feminism at its finest. Oh, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> My self-esteem is okay, all right? I'm not I'm not in the dumps. Yeah, we're we're worth a lot of goats. That was a huge sidebar. Yep, sorry. Okay, let's get back to the story. So, three miles from the Taj Mahal stood a store called Suresh Radios right on the main street of Mall Road. A young man walked in. He identified himself as Ashok, and he started to ask some very curious and personal questions about the store owner and his family. The manager was confused, and he referred Ashok to a woman in her 30s who was the current owner. Ashok asked her if the store had an owner called Suresh Varma. The woman confirmed that yes, it had been so. Then he asked if Suresh had a wife named Uma and two children named Ronu and Sonu. The woman was starting to feel uneasy, but she replied in the affirmative. She said that she was in fact Uma, and she had two children named Ronu and Sonu. I mean, that's pretty creepy. Someone's like, hey, is there Uma and Suresh and two how, kids? How old was this? So this this, Ash- this is a young character? man. He's probably in his early 20s or like 19 or something. Um, and he's okay. just inquiring to get things started, right? So Uma doesn't know what's going on at this point. Yeah. So Ashok gathered his wits and he took a deep breath before he spilled out the unbelievable and preposterous reason for all of these inquiries. Ashok revealed that his five-year-old brother, Titu, had claimed that he was the reincarnation of the deceased store owner, Suresh Varma. Uma was completely taken aback, and she immediately headed home to relate all of this to Suresh's family. Equal parts shocked and curious, the family decided to go visit Titu unannounced and see what all of this fuss was about. When the red Maruti car, which is so iconic, like I I feel like every second car Mm. in the 80s and even 90s was a red Maruti. (laughs) It was a very popular car. It's like the beetle of India in the 80s. Perfect. That's exactly what it was. When the red Maruti car reached the dusty village of Bad, some 10 odd miles from Agra, they stepped out and walked to the home of Titu, not knowing what odd event they were walking into. <laughs> Little Titu was drinking from a water tap outside of the home, and he spotted the arriving party first. He immediately recognized everyone 
and he shouted to his family inside that his real family had come to see him. What? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh my God. He rushed to the visitors and hugged Suresh's parents tightly. He called out Suresh's brother and sister by name. When the family settled down to talk in the veranda of Titu's home, Titu looked at Uma and he asked her to come sit next to him. Now, this is such an odd request, like especially coming (laughs) from a five-year-old towards an unknown adult. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when I was five, I didn't want anything to do with strangers. You know, let me just go play. Oh, I don't don't want any little kid to ever do that to me. Mm -hmm. Scary. So this was strange. It was strange to everyone out there, right? Yeah. Titu asked Uma if she recognized him, and she said no. She had no idea who he was. Oh, yeah, you're my tiny husband. (laughs) No, she's like, no, I don't know who you are, dude. You weird kid. He asked her if she remembered that time when the two of them had taken their kids to a fair in the next town over and he had bought her her favorite sweets to eat that night. Now, Uma was shocked as all of this was actually true and had happened. Titu then started talking about gold that he had buried somewhere on the family property. Suresh Varma's property, that is. And the family was beginning to believe that something strange is surely afoot because Tidu was speaking with such familiarity and confidence about things that only Suresh Varma and his close circle of friends and family would know. So to test this fellow, they decided to take him on a drive to Suresh's shop. Mm -hmm. Now, Titu has never been to Agra, mind you, okay? So he's a little kid in this village outside of Agra. He's never been to Agra. When they get to the red Maruti to leave, Titu turns around and says, hey, where's my white Fiat? Suresh had a white Fiat that he was very fond of, but the family had sold it off shortly after he had died. So encouraged by this small tidbit, they were like, let's go. Let's take him to Agra. Let's test this fellow out even more. And they take him on a drive on Mall Road for it to be a true test. They don't take him to Suresh's radio shop. They take him past the shop to like another store. Okay. And Titu's like, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't it. And he walks out of the store and he goes to shops over to Suresh Radio. And he's like, this is my store. Wow. (laughs) He walked into the store and playfully tapped the stool near the entrance. Exactly the way that Suresh used to do every single time he entered and left the store. Goosebumps. I don't know about you, Alex. How are you feeling so far about this? (laughs) I'm starting to believe in reincarnation already. (laughs) Wow, that was quick. Okay. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to believe. I'm, I'm there. Like all of these small pieces of information Titu has, some of them might be privy only to his close friends and family, but some of these other things are just, I mean, I don't know, can a five-year-old read the name of a store? Like he would know which one is Suresh Radio? I'm not sure. Do five-year-old kids know how to read? I'm so clueless. Um, Yeah, that's kind of the first question or thought that came into my head as you were telling the story. There are mediums and there are people who claim to have contact with the dead. And you sort of like get the impression that actually there are a lot of 
social clues and guesswork and ways to read people. It's, a, it's almost like very uh, informed guesswork. Mm-hmm. But again, like, how does a five-year-old know how to do that unless... And, and why? why? Why would he do that? Exactly. That I think the age of the child in question is is helping him in his case for reincarnation because a five-year-old is way too young to be this conniving and deceptive. So yeah. they say out of the mouth of babes comes the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's see what happens ahead. So Tito's in the store. He looks around. He points to a set of shelves on a wall. And he states that these hadn't been there before. And the family's like, you're right, because these shelves were installed after Suresh's death. Wow. He pointed to his own picture on the wall and he says, hey, that's my photo up there. Of course, it was (laughs) Suresh's picture. Wow. So this goes on. The families meet a couple more times on and off. They spend some time with this boisterous little boy claiming to be their deceased adult son, Suresh Varma, reborn. Eventually, on much prodding, Titu revealed to them that he also remembered how he had died. Mm. He said that he had been in his favorite car, the white Fiat, and had just reached home in the afternoon. He had honked the horn as an indication for Uma to come out and open the front gate. But within seconds, two men appeared near the car and shot him or Suresh in the right temple and then they ran off into the streets of Agra. This is exactly how Suresh had in fact been murdered. Uma had later told Titu and the media at that time that Suresh was a known black market smuggler and somewhat of a gunda or a local goon. Okay. Um, he had a clout in that area and had powerful friends and enemies alike. So black market smuggler... Okay. It's someone who is selling goods that are either illegal or prohibited or not paying taxes or making counterfeit. I don't know, but whatever. I guess that it's one of those. Sounds like classic gangster activity of some kind. Like small town gangster type activity. So sounds like he he would have invited the attention of, you know, unsavory characters. Um, naturally, mm-hmm. as part of it. Yeah. Suresh had actually fought off and survived two previous assassination attempts. Okay. But was eventually shot dead on August 28, 1983. Okay. The actual cause for this murder was not officially reported in any online resource that I could find. Classic. So we're just going to assume it was part of that whole black market smuggler life, you know, that led to mm-hmm. his murder. Mm-hmm. Everything up to this point has been extensively reported on and documented by dozens of newspapers, both Indian and international, mm-hmm. um, as well as documented by scholars and researchers alike. However, uh, what comes after this, just a little bit, has not been written about in detail anywhere, possibly due to legal implications. It is written in websites like reincarnationresearch.com and mysteriousuniverse.org <laughs> Very legitimate sounding. That Titu even gave statements to the Agra police about Suresh's murder and he gave names of suspects. Allegedly, 
the suspect was so stunned and scared by the reincarnation for revenge story that he confessed to the crime. Okay, I have solved this. I already know what's going on. <laughs> let's hear it, Alex. Detective Alex, let's hear it. Case is about to be closed because I've got I've got the answer. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted these two guys put away, captured, caught, and they trained the kid what to say, what to do, what everything looked like. It was a setup. That's one giant bush <laughs> that these people went around beating in that case because... Yeah. Well, (laughs) you don't need to do that. If it is some sort of underground black market gangster association situation, then maybe they did have to like make it look supernatural rather than be because, you know, snitches get stitches. If these guys are indeed so untouchable by the normal due process of police and judiciary, and they needed some other way of getting them caught, would they rely on (laughs) On the Oscar-winning performance of a (laughs) five-year-old? I don't think so. If they did, then they chose wisely, because apparently this kid is amazing. Definitely. All of this last part about the you know, the suspect confessing and whatnot is conjecture. Okay. And a rather convenient way to tie up a story which doesn't seem to have any logical conclusion or expectation of a happy ending, right? Because we all want that. Right. We all want this to mean something. Why did it Mm -hmm. happen? What was the reason? Okay, so the kid pointed out his previous life's murderers. Mm -hmm. And then in... According to some stories, the accused actually confessed. Allegedly. In very heavy double quotes. I put four sets of double quotes, (laughs) like air quotes around this. Four sets. Just to bring home the point about how much this is just conjecture and rumors. Um, So the Indian Penal Code does not accept or recognize or legitimize any form of supernatural phenomenon as part of its proceedings. You cannot bring into the court claims of reincarnation or ghosts or whatever as evidence or witness whatsoever. That is BS. (laughs) Are you advocating for this? The judicial system would be so much more interesting if we could have ghosts and like (laughs) possessions and I want to hear all of these Ghost witnesses? Yeah, witnesses. Wow. No, okay, that, that makes sense. I'm, I know that India is, it's not unique in this way, but I know that there can be like a strong streak of superstition. Mm-hmm. So at least it's not going to like the judicial branch. That's good. Oh, hell no. I, actually, if you look into it, the Indian constitution is actually pretty solid. It was formulated like in 1946, 47. And of course, there were revisions and amendments and stuff. It's a pretty solid constitution. It is a very secular. It's surprising to think that, oh, India doesn't have superstition as part of their legal framework. But I mean, it's part of the culture, but not not the legal system. Yeah. Let me see. Where was I? Okay, so an archived article from indiatoday.in dated 
December 1988, says, Parapsychological researchers Dr. N.K. Chadda of Delhi University and Dr. Antonia Mills of the University of Virginia, USA, began a detailed investigation of Titu's case. Among the things they corroborated was a curious dent on Titu's right temple. They checked the autopsy report of Suresh Varma and found that the bullet's entry point corresponded with Titu's birthmark. No. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Parapsychology? Parapsychologist. Is that like paranormal psychology? I, I guess. Is that legit? It sounds... Hey, I'm pretty sure you can like go online and get a degree for being a cryptozoologist or I can go register <laughs> as a MUFON agent of <laughs> cosmic truth or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you get yeah. a degree in parapsychology. I guess that's argu- arguably legit. Depending on who you ask. Um, But it does sound like the sort of thing you get a TV show where you go like interview houses on their psychology Mm -hmm. of the ghosts inside of them. I don't want to trivialize the role of Dr. N.K. Chadha because I did look him up. I did look Mm -hmm. up his credential and he's legit. Okay. Not a legit parapsychologist, but a legit psychologist and a a learned scholar in... Okay. In Delhi University. So this might yeah. just have been something he was exploring at the time as part of research. We can make fun of it right now, but these areas aren't studied enough. And the fact mm-hmm. that serious scholars were taking interest in this is is pretty cool, in my opinion. Of course. Yeah, I agree that we should stay open-minded to the things that we can't explain always. And even if that means sort of investigating what what seems like an absurd root or idea, Mm. you got to find where the absurdity actually overlaps with the weirdness of the real world. Mm. (laughs) And actually, uh, this is a very common characteristic of reincarnation stories of the new body having a birthmark from the old life, from the past life. Mm -hmm. While Suresh's parents were convinced that Titu was their son reborn, Uma, his widow, was more pragmatic. Okay. She said, I know it is Suresh, but I realize that no purpose can be served. We cannot have the same relationship again. Oh, hell no. (laughs) You. Why does she even need to say that? No, okay. Uh, I guess she was just saying what was in everyone's minds, right? She was just she was just saying it out loud. She's like, "Yep, he was my husband, but not today. Not anymore. (laughs) Not today. Yeah. Okay. But not everyone shared Uma's beliefs, though. Mahesh Suresh's younger brother was quoted in that same India Today article as saying, "Everybody." knew my brother in Agra and how he died. How do we know this boy hasn't been taught to say all this? I'm not convinced that this is Suresh reborn. Yo, he's, he and I, like minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Telling you, this kid was, um, what is what do they call it when they lead a witness? Scripted, I guess. Hmm. Parapsychologist Dr. N.K. Chadda was quoted as saying, It would take years of investigation to rule out all other explanations, but there is no doubt Mm -hmm. T2 is undergoing an intensely paranormal experience. 
props to the guy. He's not committing fully to the paranormal side of it and legitimizing it as reincarnation just yet. Mm-hmm. But he was willing to explore it, which is all you need, really. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Same. Now, I found some more interesting tidbits okay. on this website. Okay, now hold your breath so you can catch all of this. <laughs> it's psi-encyclopedia.spr.ac.uk. Okay, I'm done. Oof. That website says, Suresh Varma was killed on August 28, 1983. Conflicting evidence gives Titu's birth date as either December 11, 1982, or a year later at December 10, 1983. <laughs> So if the earlier date is correct, then Titu would have been eight months old when Suresh died. And if the latter date is correct, then Titu would have been in utero and his mother would have been five months pregnant at that time when Suresh died. Okay, so then I guess we have to break down the technical logistics of reincarnation. At what point does the soul transfer? (laughs) And does it even work that way? (laughs) I mean, I didn't get into it because it's a science pretty much and I don't Mm -hmm. have the time. But there are different types of transmigration of souls, so to speak. In this case, the uncertainty about the birth date adds complexity to the correct interpretation of the birthmarks observed by Dr. Chadda and Antonia Mills. Because if he Mm -hmm. was already born and then Suresh died... How would the birthmarks just spontaneously appear? Appear. He's already born, right? So, yeah. I mean, then right. that doesn't make sense. It's like you're hitting a brick wall. I can't. It's not making sense. Unless, you know, like the shots were always going to happen in that place. So preordained. Like all pre-designed. Yeah. No, that's just I feel like you can spiral into so many the technicalities of reincarnation, how it works. Like, there are no rules to this sort of thing. Even Or there are so many different rules and so many different, like, ways it could go, I guess. Um, so according to Suresh's father, Titu was able to operate the tape deck in a car, though he had never seen one before, and he was also able to drive a car a short distance, supervised by Suresh's brother. He could work the steering wheel, the gas pedal, brakes and clutch and everything else. Now, is this in any way conclusive evidence for reincarnation? Do people actually let their five-year-olds, like, drive? I'm pretty sure if you put, like, a hundred kids into a car, and I mean, like, one at a time, not a clown car type situation. But if you let (laughs) kids (laughs) into a car and you let them take it for a spin, like, out of a hundred, at least five will manage to drive reasonably well, right? I mean, for a little bit. These are stick shifts. I can't even figure out how to drive a stick shift. You have to <laughs> learn how to do that. Yeah, well, Titu was apparently able to drive for a little bit, so... That's crazy. No, no, no. I mean, this added to the reasons why the family was willing to believe him. Now, in total, Titu made 15 verified statements before meeting his former family. And 31 subsequently, and he correctly identified 10 people and four places related to Suresh Varma's life. Okay. And this story was very popular 
all over the world at that time, and it was featured in the BBC mm-hmm. TV news program, 40 Minutes, back in 1990. You can find clips from this documentary on YouTube. Just search for Suresh Varma, Titu Singh. So take a look at that documentary. It, it's, it's interesting, to say the least. You can see Titu talk about all of the things we discussed today, like all of those recognitions and mm-hmm. how he talked about his old family and his new family. So apparently Titu was always like this since he started talking. His mom said that ever since he started talking at like the age of two or something, he would constantly talk about his real family who were far away. He would express so much disappointment about the home that he lived in and he's like what is this crappy place I'm living in I used to live in such a beautiful home I had cars I had wow that would piss me off yeah <laughs> and he's like my wife would wear such beautiful expensive saris and you wear such old raggedy old clothes and what a shady little baby <laughs> yeah very shady baby and just imagine how that would have hurt his parents yeah because that is terrible to hear like that's so ungrateful you little yeah rascal. like what do you do with this information once you have it like because mm. in theory we're all if you believe in reincarnation and this is a actually a case of reincarnation we're all reincarnated and most of us don't remember our past lives those who do I think more often that than not, it's through either like a past life regression and it's like a momentary memory, but you don't really like hold on to that past life on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the million dollar question, Alex. Do you believe in any of this? What's your stance? <laughs> There's definitely a part of me that I've always thought that reincarnation makes sense in almost like a more biological way in terms of like matter Mm -hmm. breaking down and reforming and different materials and um but I more recently have gotten more and more on board with the idea of like a a universal psychic energy Mm -hmm. and you know, we can Oh, you mean of... like uh, the collective consciousness. Yeah, and and like image or information can sort of move between mm-hmm. humans and mm-hmm. beings and stuff, not yeah. necessarily consciously. I don't know. Right. Right. I, I get what you're saying. So you're dipping your toe. You're dipping your toe into that ocean of yeah. the unknown. I would say I'm a strong believer in weird shit happens. Mm. <laughs> we need a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> we could do the PG version. Weird stuff happens. <laughs> what say? What say, guys? Does anyone want our t-shirts? Can <laughs> say we're a strong believer in weird shit happens. We should come up with like a Hindi punny version, though. You're yeah. gonna have to do it. I, I can't think of anything that doesn't have swear words in it. Weird samosa happens. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll have to think. We'll have to think on that one and come up with some answers in the next episode. Okay, so that was a little bit about our general. Well, that was a little bit about Alex's views on this, which is still pretty gray, I would say, and that's fine. I think. That's what about perfect. you? Do you want to? Um, I'm also very gray when it comes to reincarnation and you know beliefs of that matter like i believe that we don't know enough about any of these things to completely believe or completely deny yeah so i i have an open mind and i'm willing to listen till we know better i think that's my official stance and we all gotta be truth seekers you know we yeah (laughs) the truth is out there Alex, I feel like you don't get anywhere by shutting an idea down off Mm -hmm. the bat. Unless it's kind of dangerous or something like that. It's always good to keep. Yeah, like it's dangerous when it turns into superstition. It's dangerous when now you're doing like all these scary rituals and, uh, you know, going to tantrics and doing all kinds of weird black magic shit like let's not do that that crap i don't believe in well now that we talk about afterlife didn't the egyptians believe in that as well right Mm -hmm. all of their pharaohs were buried with everything that they possibly could need in their afterlife including an entourage and partners and everything, their favorite pets and whatnot. But that was afterlife, like paradise or heaven. It's like the place you go to when mm. you die. Whereas, I guess, reincarnation and there's something reincarnation and maybe even... So they weren't planning on coming back to this plane. Yeah, so they had to take all of their, their cats with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not a cat person, so... I don't know. What could it be that I'd want to take with me? Your PlayStation. My PlayStation, maybe. <laughs> and my Switch. Like, my family and friends can stay here. <laughs> Have a ball, guys. Enjoy Earth. The final years. It's going downhill anyway. So, you know, enjoy your time here. It's very, very generous of you <laughs> not to take them with you into the grave. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so coming back to this case, we're just wrapping up on the case. So, you know, these are just our opinions and, and views on what this could have been, mm-hmm. this particular case. Now, there are two possibilities, right? This child truly manifested all of the information about Suresh's life spontaneously by some unexplained paranormal phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And he sincerely believed the confusing version of his own truth Mm -hmm. for a major part of his childhood the other possibility is that he was somehow coached by people close to him Mm -hmm. to do this for some long con Mm -hmm. right we don't know what that ulterior motive was Mm -hmm. so in both scenarios the only person who truly suffers is this child yeah i feel for titu the little five-year-old who lost a huge part of his childhood naivete and innocence, you know, just being caught between the two lives he had to live at that one time. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure not many people even thought of that at the time. It was just sort of like a tabloid, you know, sensational story and everyone, yeah. yeah. If you uh, Google or if you look at, you know, look up videos in YouTube about reincarnation stories, especially from India, there are quite a few. It's it's a raging phenomenon mm-hmm. pretty much. So in so many videos, the parents and family members and the idiot reporters are just prodding and questioning the kid over and over again. Like, oh, which is your picture? Who's your real parents? Mm-hmm. Where's your home? Can you tell us? Can you point to us? It's just terrible to watch. Oof. Yeah. The- I mean, it's almost at that point like badgering the poor kid. Mm-hmm. It's the dark side of the media. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads to confirmation bias too. Totally. Right? The kid, kid's like, oh, well, if I point to this picture, will they just shut the hell up and leave me mm-hmm. alone? Okay, I'll do it. Like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, those are my parents. That's my house. Yeah. I read a study. I read about a study of these sort of past life cases. Um, and I'm going to just summarize this in the vaguest terms, but Basically, afterwards, some other scholars looked at the studies and said it was all garbage, basically because either it was very circumstantial sort of information that the the children were describing as past life events or information, or there was signs that they had kind of been coached or directed to say what they were saying. And if Mm -hmm. you already believe in reincarnation and in past lives, you're more susceptible to kind of coming up with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, And that's what we need. We need independent, unbiased studies on this. Like you, you don't want a bunch of researchers who are predisposed Mm -hmm to believing in this easily. Mm -hmm. Like any other science, you have to have that scientific method, right? I'm sure like some of these researchers did do all of that. It's just that the conclusions are not something easily accepted because of the very obscure nature of it. Okay, yeah. You would think that there would be more of an ethnographic or religious studies approach to these sorts of cases. You'd want to really be informed of the traditions that are, mm-hmm. you know, playing in. But yes, absolutely. It does have a big it does have a big impact on how they play out uh, because it's not as if this only occurs in South Asia or Southeast Asia. I'm sure it occurs all over the world, but it's accepted more easily in South Asia mm-hmm. and Southeast Asia because of the overlying culture around it, because of the spiritual and religious beliefs of the people in the area that are more open to believing in reincarnation and such. Maybe we should go into that a little bit. Yeah. I do not claim to be an expert in this field, but I'm just reading out what I found on Google, uh, as well as, you know, things I've heard growing up in and around, uh, you know, Hindu culture. So in Hinduism, Buddhism and Jainism, which are major religions in India and South Asia, the process of birth, death, and rebirth, which is the transmigration of souls, is an endless cycle 
until one achieves moksha or liberation from this cycle. Moksha is achieved when one realizes that the eternal core of the individual and the absolute reality are one, or in layman's terms, till one achieves enlightenment of all truths. Okay. So you keep going in that cycle of birth mm-hmm. and rebirth until you gain enlightenment. I imagine this is going to be a hell of a long cycle for <laughs> each soul because looking at the state of this world, like, yikes. We are a horrible species. So. <laughs> okay, so I was a little apprehensive about doing an episode on this case because the crime angle isn't threshed out or reported well on. Mm-hmm. But the lure of a most curious and unusual phenomenon of a reincarnation was irresistible. So here we are. And I hope the listeners aren't too surprised by this veering <laughs> from the course on my part. I mean, we're not aiming to turn into like coast to coast or anything. But <laughs> that would be awesome. You know. What would we call it? Ugh. <laughs> east to east. East to east. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I think in terms of like the, the whole genre of true crime, it just shows the range of subject matter and strangeness that can be included, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to kind of explore the mystic and mysterious side of it because that's part of the promise of the podcast right to bring stories that are unusual Mm -hmm. and have the touch of desi pun Mm -hmm. to it so yeah that's pretty much why we're talking about this today and like i said i hope they enjoyed it too i did (laughs) okay so now we can do the bollywood corner maybe yes we're gonna have to come up with like a, a theme for bollywood corner (laughs) <laughs> Are there any viewers who like make music? Can you please make us a little jingle for Bollywood Corner? <laughs> oh awesome. gosh. Until now, it's the time to disco. It's <laughs> the time to I need to learn the Hindi parts of that song. That's horrible. Alex, don't you dare sing any of those songs. <laughs> We're gonna get... Okay, Yashraj. Yeah, Yashraj is gonna strike us. We're gonna get sued. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That could be anything. So Bollywood Corner, yay! Yay! <laughs> Tell me what I need to watch to understand this. (laughs) Okay. So this topic is very popular in Desi culture. And there are so many very entertaining movies made on reincarnation. My first recommendation is the old movie Mehel. And this is a classic black and white movie from 1949. Mehel was a groundbreaking supernatural suspense thriller. And it's the first movie in Indian cinema on reincarnation. Cool. Yeah. So it's one of those classic black and white movies. It's a tad too long. Well. It's two hours and uh, 20 odd minutes. That's nothing. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but. That doesn't even need an intermission. <laughs> you just wear a diaper and you're fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Okay. So the second movie I highly recommend is Cars. Made in 1980. There are two other movies called Cars. Do not make the mistake of watching them. So Cars from 1980. That's the one you want to watch. Okay. With Rishi Kapoor. The songs are fantastic. And the 70s, late 70s, uh, early 80s disco era is on full display. In a super duper hit song from that movie called Om Shanti Om. 
Wait, that's from Cars? There's also a movie called Om Shanti Om. Yes, you're right. Speaking okay. of Om Shanti Om, like, wow, what a flawless segue, right? <laughs> Into my third recommendation, because that's the movie I want to recommend. It's Om Shanti Om, the movie from 2007. That has to do with reincarnation? Yes, with Shah Rukh Khan and Deepika Padukone. My love. That's like the most basic thing probably to be in love with Shah Rukh Khan, but <laughs> he got me. You like Shah Rukh Khan? Okay. I used to. I'm like, meh. I'm meh on Shah Rukh Khan. I mean, uh, kuch kuch hote hai and all that. That genre. What was the other one? Okay. Kabi gushi, kabi gum. Mm. The, the cheese was just so thick. I couldn't get enough. <laughs> Those are not my kind of movies. So uh-uh. Normally, they're not mine either, but I, I don't know why. I'm crying. I'm feeling it. <laughs> You're feeling it? Yeah. Shark Khan's good in this one, though, so definitely watch it. This okay. is a full-on entertainment package. It's got a little bit of everything, really, like smashing music. It's got love, loss, a formidable villain, an underdog rags to riches story, beautiful Deepika, and that hot minute when Shahrukh Khan was a six pack bearing beefcake. Yeah. Because he wasn't known to be that, right? So yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a moment. <laughs> yeah, so throw in some reincarnation vengeance into the mix, and there you go. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do you spell care? Cares. Cares. Cars. 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 Oh, Cars is K-A-R-Z. So you can find all of this information on the Instagram account of the podcast, which is Crimes from the East. And I will link names of all of these movies there. You can just go there and check it out. Awesome. I just wanted to give a quick mention of a fourth movie that you guys can check out. It's called Rabta. The story, again, is of reincarnation. You know, two star-crossed lovers who kind of are reborn to you know, try and fall in love and make their lives work again. It's a nice movie. I enjoy okay. it. That's so. just like a more sort of classic reincarnation love story thing. Yeah, but the past lives are very like they are in some kind of feudal tribes, like oh, opposing rival tribes. Nice. And the look uh, of Sushant Singh in that movie is, what was that? Was it Drogo? What was his name? Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo, yeah. Game Cal of Thrones? Drogo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so his look is like... Okay. I'd say l- lightly based on Cal Dothraki-esque. Drogo. So very, very hot. Nice. So definitely check that out. <laughs> Rabda. The movie's Rabda. And that's it for uh, Bollywood Corner. Awesome. For our reincarnation episode. You're just an endless supply of true crime and Bollywood knowledge. I am impressed and humbled. <laughs> awesome. Let me help you out. that is it for our episode on reincarnation the curious case of the boy who remembered his own murder i hope all the listeners enjoyed this um, drive into the unknown (laughs) (laughs) unknown space of mystery and mysticism um, instead of straight up true crime today please write to us and let us know what you feel yeah Tell us if you as well have been murdered in your past lives. We want to hear your stories. If anyone's interested, I'll talk about mine. I, I did do some past life regression. 
sessions and I I did have a couple of past lives that I remembered. Have you been murdered? So, yes, I was. You twice. were? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how much of it was real versus my own uh, overactive imagination remains to be seen, but they were very interesting recollections. So, well, we'll save that for another episode. Maybe like a... An addendum episode. An addendum. Like a Patreon episode. Hey, that's a good idea. (laughs) We'll lure you in. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Alex. I hope you had fun talking about this weird stuff with me. So much fun. It was awesome. Thanks again. Can't wait to do another one next week. All right, guys. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Crimes from the East. You can write to us at crimesfromtheeast at gmail.com. Please follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And please like us and rate us on iTunes if you can. It really helps us show up on search results. See you again next week for another dose of Desi True Crime full of masala and spice. Namaste. And blood. (laughs) And blood. (laughs) Namaste. Bye. Bye.